Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The text for our consideration is our Old Testament lesson for today, which comes from Isaiah chapter 11. I'll reread it for you now. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, nor decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with a rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. My brothers and sisters, Bullies are everywhere. They're on your playground. They're in your classrooms. They're in your halls. They're in your workplace. And they may even be under your roof in your very homes. Bullies are everywhere. And bullies thrive on power, not strength. Strength is an objective thing. You can be strong. You can be weak. But a bully's bread and butter is power. And power only exists in a relationship. Power only exists in comparison to someone else. So a bully doesn't need to be big and strong, they just need to be stronger than you. A bully doesn't need to be fast or quick-witted, a bully only needs to be quicker-witted than you are. A bully doesn't need to be the CEO or the principal or have all the authority in the company, just a little bit more than you do and they will use their power against you, their power to dominate you, to make you feel small. Bullies' bread and butter are, is power, and if you've suffered, if you've been the victim of a bully, doesn't it just make you feel powerless? The first superhero movie I ever saw was Spider-Man from 2003, starring Tobey Maguire. He gets bit by the radioactive spider. He gets his brand new powers. He looks at himself in the mirror, and now he's super buff. And the power has changed in his life. So what is the first thing that he does? Well, he impresses his crush, Mary Jane. But the second thing that he does is he beats up the bully. He takes him down. He puts that bully in his place because now the power dynamic has shifted. And this moment in cinema resonated with me as a, I was 10 years old maybe at the time. It resonates with so many people. So many of us have fantasies of getting superpowers, and what do we want to do? We want to silence the bullies 
in our lives. We want to finally have enough power that we can escape from being powerless to face those who are bullies. And the bully in your life can be a person. It can also be an idea, an organization, a concept, or just stress in general. And maybe you're not holding out for superpowers anytime soon. Maybe you're not waiting for your moment when you get bit by a radioactive spider. But we do spend a lot of time and a lot of money trying to get that power, trying to get that security to know that there's nothing that could come and, and beat us up and push us around. We so desperately want to feel in control and powerful and like there's no one who can get us. The problem is every security system that we buy or home protection thing or object or every training that we go to never quite satisfy the need to feel powerful, do they? There's always this sneaking suspicion, this, this underlying anxiety that there might be something out there that is still more powerful than us, that could come into our lives and bully us. We never know, do we? Israel did know. In just a little bit, Israel was going to be attacked and besieged by the bully nation, Assyria, which was way more powerful than Israel was in military sense. Assyria was going to come in and smack them around and do whatever they wanted to Israel, take their best and brightest back to Assyria to work for the Assyrian government. And there was nothing Israel could do to stop it. They felt powerless before their bully, but this was even worse than the way that you and I might feel if the bully is pushing us around on the playground because Israel knew the whole time that their bully had come onto the scene and it was their fault. Israel still had the words of the prophets ringing in their ears, pleading with them to repent, to get right with God, to go back to God and his word, to reject the sin that was so obvious in their lives. It's just they did nothing. And so those threats that if you guys don't repent, Assyria is going to come, were still fresh in their minds. And so they knew that this was all their fault. Not only were they powerless to do anything about it now, but they missed their chance, they thought. Can you imagine how that feels? I think you can. Because it doesn't matter how many windows at home you board up. It doesn't matter if you have a ring security system or not. It doesn't matter what hand-to-hand -hand combat training you have had. Nothing will protect you from your biggest bully, the bully that you cannot escape. As soon as you lock your door at night, it's inside with you, the bully of the guilt of your own sin. And it's there because of what you did. Its presence in your life is your own fault. And there's nothing worse than that. See, before our own sin, we are powerless to do anything about it. We don't have anything against our sin to remove our own guilt. We are weak before our sin. And if we think that we're not, if we think that we are not struggling, that we are not sinners, that, that we have a pretty good handle on the sin in our lives, 
that only shows how much power sin really has over us, that not only has it caused us to sin, but it's convinced us that it's not our problem. But what's even worse is if you or I think that we are all put together, that there's nothing wrong with the way that we think, act, or talk, that we've never fallen to temptation, if we delude ourselves to think that about ourselves, then Jesus will have nothing to offer us. Then this prophecy from Isaiah will just bounce off our chests and we will be back to pretending that we are powerful when we are actually powerless. So I think we can admit it. Admit together our weakness to do anything about our own sin. Admit together that we have bullies present in our lives that we can do nothing to stop because Jesus is for such people. Jesus is for the powerless. Jesus is for the weak. That's what God wants to communicate to us through Isaiah today. Israel had felt like a tree that was cut off at the base and fallen off and that nothing was left but an awkward and dead stump sitting there rotting. They thought that they had out God's grace. They knew that God had given promises of a Messiah to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to King David. They knew that God had done these things to their forefathers, but they thought, ah, what if we've blown it? Assyria has attacked us, has taken us off into exile. Clearly, we have out God's grace. Clearly, we have outdone ourselves and cut ourselves off from God's goodness. And God says, no, you haven't. You couldn't. You cannot sin so much that I will stop being who I am, God says. You cannot out my grace because I am a God of grace. You cannot change me, God says. And I am a God who keeps my promises, that when I say something, it goes. So those words to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those words to King David, I am still going to fulfill, God says. You are not a dead and awkward stump sitting in the middle of the desert, God says to Israel, and you and me. But from this stump, I will cause a shoot to grow up, a little sapling, still alive, still well. And it will be so fresh and healthy that it will bear fruit. And clearly God isn't just talking about horticulture and trees here, right? He's talking about a person. From the stump of Jesse, King David's dad, who's going to be raised up from David's line, from David's stock. Think of how comforting that would be for the Israelites to hear. At a moment where they feel their weakest in history, their most powerless Isaiah reminds them of a time in their history when they were powerful under King David, the military king who was so successful and a good ruler, but he wasn't perfect because he was still human. This shoot from Jesse's stump is going to be totally different, unlike any leader we have ever seen or ever will see. Because why do bullies bully? Isn't it because they're searching for something that they don't think they ever got? They're searching for acceptance. 
approval, appreciation, love, and they never got it from the places that matter in their lives. And so they are happy to use whatever advantages they have to force other people into submission, into line, into their will, so that they can feel important but never be really accepted. Aren't we human beings so fragile in our self-esteem that we find ourselves needing other people's approval, needing other people's appreciation, and if we don't get it, we find ourselves in situations where we're exerting our power over other people for petty reasons. We're bragging or we're abusing our authority. We are so susceptible to this because we care what other people think. We really do. But this shoot of Jesse is not going to have that problem. Simply put, he is not going to care what other people think. Not any more than he cares about what God thinks. Because God himself is going to dwell within his mind. He will be, have the spirit of the Lord that gives him understanding and discernment and power and strength. But he's not going to use that power and strength to abuse his authority because he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to prove himself to anyone else. He doesn't care what he sees with his eyes or what he hears with his ears. And that's not to say, brothers and sisters, that Jesus doesn't care about you. Of course he does. That's not to say that Jesus doesn't care about what you feel about him. Of course he does. But Jesus came, was born a human baby to do more than just make you feel better. To do more than just make you feel powerful. Jesus came to be powerful for you. And that's a big difference. Jesus did not come to point us to look within ourselves, to find the strength within because we are powerless. You're not going to find anything in there. But he came to be our powerful Savior for us in our place so that we can be safe and at peace and at rest in him. Jesus isn't showing us how to believe and trust in ourselves more to make it. He's teaching us how to believe and trust in him more. And so Isaiah pictures Jesus as a judge who is pounding the gavel on his sounding block, meeting out justice for the weak, for the poor, for the lowly. That means for you and me, for the powerless who can't do it for themselves, who can do nothing about their own sins. So Jesus puts our sin on trial and he condemns it to death and he carries out that death sentence on his own The message of the cross is good news for the powerless, for the weak, for the victims of the real bullies, sin, death, and the devil. The message of the cross is great news for people who are ready to admit that they don't have it all together and they can't handle life on their own. The message of the cross is good news for people who have tried feeling powerful but realize that it doesn't work. Because we see that our power is in the saving and forgiving love of the Messiah, the shoot of Jesse, where we see that we have not been cut off from God's grace, that as many times as we have failed to do anything about our own sin, God does not fail us, and he never will. And Isaiah wants us to picture this 
with images of impossible kinds of peace. A big bad wolf walking side by side with a little baby lamb. A lion standing next to a calf and nothing bad happens. A baby playing near the the mouth of a viper's nest. And we, even as readers, even thousands of years separated from these events, we want to find wherever that baby is and pick him or her up and save them from the snakes, but because that's exactly the point, brothers and sisters. The most violent of creatures put side by side with the most weak and helpless, so we see where we are at in the equation. What other kind of peace do you think the angels were singing about when they proclaimed to the shepherds in the field, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace on those, to those on whom his favor rests. What kind of peace was Jesus born to bring? The kind of reversal kind of peace. The cancellation of the very natural order of things. Lions should kill calves. That's a natural occurrence. A kind of peace of which we could never really imagine for ourselves, but is reality in Christ that you are at peace with God. Your bullies have no say over you. They have no real power over you. The name of Jesus, the root of Jesse, becomes a banner you can run to. How come most of our security purchases involve our homes? A ring, security system, things of that nature. Because we're trying to make our home a fortress where we feel safe, where we feel comfortable. This Advent and Christmas season, we invite you to see that Jesus is home. Everything you wish your house could be is true in Christ. You run to him. He surrounds you, and he keeps you safe. You do not have to be powerful in yourself because Jesus is powerful for you. That's why he was born. That's why he lived. That's why he died. That's why he rose. And the images that Isaiah shares with us about these animals walking together portray a future reality that in heaven there will be no bullies. There will be no suffering. There will be no one who is more powerful than you other than Jesus Christ and he will be your loving God whose presence you will be in for all eternity. So what you're feeling now, your stress, anxiety, and pain at the hands of the bullies around you, whether it's a person, an organization, or a sickness, that's not a forever feeling. That is promised to come to an end in Christ. See that with us this Advent, this Christmas. Amen.